Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Achievers, this is episode 57 of the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author businesses. My name is Sasha Black, and here with me every week is Daniel Wilcox. Hello, Sasha. Hello, Daniel. How are I'm, you, dear? I'm I'm good. I'm playing with my mute because my computer's screaming and I don't want it just to hiss every time you're talking. Um I'm doing well. I'm doing actually really well. Um, it's been a good week. I've slept well. I've exercised a fair bit. I've been eating well. And weirdly, that has quite a good knock-on effect for productivity. It's surprising that, isn't it, when you treat Stranger. yourself well? Yeah, but I've also spent a week um, in the midst of brain revelations, doing lots of things to invest in myself and um, cutting things out I've gone through, <laughs> well, not, the thing is, for, it, I guess it will come down to like a way that people see things, but like by cutting things out, I've basically just completely eliminated things from my brain. So mm. like there are a couple of projects that I've always kept in the back of my head because I'm like, oh, they're going to be my next things. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And this week I've just wiped them off my whiteboard and gone, no, I'm just going to completely forget about them. Like they're in a hidden folder somewhere. So I can, you know, if I get to a quiet point, <laughs> I can remind myself that they're there. But yeah, it's, I've, I've, minimized a lot and i feel like this week i've found some direction which is good because i've you know long-term listeners to this show know that like i work on quite a lot of stuff and much of that stuff is quite diversified and i feel like really where i need to be going i've got a goal in my head of a thing that i want to do and i'm going to keep it as vague as that um and now that i've decided that that is the goal and looked at what i need to be doing to actually get there it's just basically made lots of other things fall away mm. which for my mind is very very freeing for my direction is very very empowering um and now i've just got to take the actual steps to to get there and do the thing i think <clears throat> this is a weird thing about when we make decisions i think that when you sort of solidified that in your brain it then became very obvious to me as an outsider as well because so Mm -hmm. just you even though you say you haven't taken steps I can see that you've already started taking steps and so I think yeah like it is amazing how when you make a decision and 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 I say decision like almost in air quotes because there is a difference between decision making and decision making Mm -hmm. um when you do the latter it, the universe listens and I don't want to be too woo woo but I genuinely believe that things happen things slot into place we we take you know action yeah so yeah, yeah. and I think what what's quite nice about it is that I <clears throat> I moved in with my parents in December to save to buy a house and I've got like timeline goals I know when I want to move I you know I'm saving up money that's all going well um, but one of the things that I found over the past month or so is that I'm like stuck in that that sticky middle of like I'm doing the things, but I'm just constantly doing the things. And it's like I'm, you know, halfway from the beginning. So I've lost that initial momentum. Mm. At the same time, I'm halfway from the end. 
so it's just that kind of like churning and chugging along and yeah this is just kind of invigorated a bit more of a fire in me and and yeah just a lot of things have aligned this week and it's been quite a quite a good one because i'm also i'm also very aware that for quite a few weeks on this podcast every week when it's like how are you it's like yeah it's just been weird like time is weird the pandemic's weird like but no i feel i feel very very good this week so how about yourself hmm. well other than having a frog in my throat i'm also really good today is the two-year anniversary of me walking out of the corporate life for good Woo! Uh, <laughs> yeah sasha black everyone Woo! yeah <laughs> Sasha in the house. She um, did it. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> oh, I really miss clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> that gave you clubbing? Yeah, because I heard like the whoop whoop, you know, when you're in a club and everyone's like, whoop, whoop. anyway, let's stop because this could this could get embarrassing. Should we turn this into a poison pros? So you go get your gin, I'll go get my whiskey. Do it. I mean it's like half nine here in the UK, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and so i did a one-year review a year ago on my podcast and i wrote like 10 lessons that i had learned in my first year and then i was like oh should i do a second year one i didn't know if i'd just done it just just for the sake of doing it so i was like yeah fuck it i'm gonna do a second one so i really recommend that everybody goes and listens to i don't normally promote like my own stuff but um I, I do recommend you go and listen to it because I think you will hear me having a lot of revelations and like realizations in that episode. And as a result of that uh, review, it took me another couple of days, but I think I have also made some decisions that I also cannot talk about right now. Um, <laughs> but I've made some decisions that will change my business and will change the business model and the structure of the business and what happens going forward. Now, it's probably going to take me a year, 18 months to let some of those things come to fruition. And I thought I had already made those decisions. And this is why I, earlier I spoke about the two different types of decisions. But I hadn't because the minute I made that decision and made that realization, I, I felt something. It was a tangible decision. Things moved inside me in, in my soul, like the world felt different. And I always know when I have made that decision because there is, that is the point of no return. Now I've said it, yeah. it's like the universe listens when you make that kind of decision. And so now I have to make it manifest and and make mm -hmm. that thing happen um <clears throat> God, what is wrong with my throat today uh yeah so big big decisions and things for me as well going on this week and i didn't have the um asshole sitting in my brain telling me i was shit this week because i handed off my uh side characters to you yeah um, you I, did. I, yeah i still know there are some bits that need some work but uh, when I went to open it to do those bits of work before I handed it to you, my brain just noped out. And I was like, just just hand it off. I was like, I can, yeah. if, if worst case scenario, if there are some sections I need rechecking, I can send a couple of paragraphs or a page or two or whatever. So I was like, just get rid of it. Um, and then I very nearly failed accountability this week because I had a fucking nightmare of a day on Wednesday, which I'm just not going to talk about. Uh, however, um, this would be yeah. a perfect place to just insert one of those like like rant clips of just yeah, you just yeah. going for it. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and anyway, yeah. So summary is, uh, I got I got uh, yesterday. 
do you ever have days where some days go so fucking fast you are convinced that time is a lie and other yes. days that just stretch and stretch and stretch and occasionally when the gods shine down on you those days happen on a day that you really need them so that mm -hmm. you can get all of the work done i literally obliterated and worked like a fucking trojan yesterday to get everything done <laughs> like, i'm not even kidding i wrote three thousand words i edited fifteen thousand words i got rid of 50 emails in my inbox like i literally smashed out work oh and then i did like a two thousand word post edit for um ally as well i mean i literally i don't know how i did all Question. of that in six hours yeah did you feed your son <laughs> uh, well i'll be honest it definitely resulted in a kfc last night <laughs> oh yeah it did you earned it <laughs> yeah i was just like i'm done i'm not i had nothing else i got i got came out of my office and chloe was like you look white i was like yes yes i'm feeling tired <laughs> but anyway suffice to say i am full of the energy of a decision mm. yeah and yeah so, yeah all right, success of the week. Success of the week is an awesome one. So this week, uh, Nathan Scammell put my level up is that he is now an officially published author and he is mm. very excited. And I absolutely love that because there's so much grind work in actually setting up a book and then it all comes down to just hitting that publish button. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things on your first ever book to go like, have I done everything? Have I you know, checked everything? Is this the best book that I can do? And then press that button to confirm it. Like such a monumental decision. And we said this before, but I think from publishing that first book, it just gets easier. So congratulations, Nathan. Um, yeah, everyone, everyone give him a shout out in the Facebook group where he posted that. But yeah, that's whoop, wicked. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. Clubbing. <laughs> <clears throat> um Patreon. We don't have any new patrons this week. That's one thing that I didn't check. I don't think we did. <laughs> Well, well, we can we can check next. If week, you did we? join us on Patreon, we will double shout you out next week, and we apologise. I'm pretty sure there weren't any. Um, but for anyone that wants to get involved in our monthly live Q and A's, where you sit down with me and Sasha for an hour or so, ask us questions, have a natter, um, head on over to www.patreon.com/forward/slash/nextlevelauthors. All right, thing of the week, which of course I have forgotten to uh, sort out. So I have two. Wow. Okay, go ahead. Okay, uh, numero number one, I watched Seaspiracy this week. Have you seen it? Have you heard of it? No. So it's a documentary on Netflix about um, basically fishing and the oceans and sustainability and all that kind of stuff. And um, the thing that I found the most amazing about it was it was like this 22-year-old UK dude. And, you know, lots of people will come across bits of information and be like oh that's interesting and not chasing things further but essentially he, he started off just wanting to make a documentary about how amazing the oceans were and then he ended up sort of falling into this rabbit hole of uh, in 2019 japan reintroduced whaling which was globally banned like 20 20 years ago um and he was like oh well this isn't good found a nugget of information about a bay over in japan in which boats were basically driving pods of dolphins into it and then slaughtering them and then was like, oh, that's really weird. And most people would kind of see that on the internet and be like, oh, I wonder why they're doing that. <laughs> but he basically just went up to his girlfriend and went, um, yeah, pack your things, we're going to Japan. I flew over to Japan and that particular area of Japan is full of like, there are coast guards that stop people from taking pictures. The police are in on it, like in terms of um, just stopping anything being recorded because obviously Japan doesn't want that to be shown to the rest of the world. 
And then I won't spoil the whole thing, but it kind of just goes, oh, and then like another question raises and he follows that and goes into like bluefin tuna. And then he goes into like shark fin and he goes into this whole thing about how how the MSC blue tick labels on sort of safe fishing products are actually bullshit. How the dolphin safe labels on tuna are absolute bullshit because you can't actually prove that no dolphins were harmed in any sort of fishing ranks. Um, and how basically just, it just really, really makes you reconsider um, a lot of how the fish products that you get are brought onto the table. And like that documentary coupled with the David Attenborough Owl Planet that I watched, um, they just, they, they don't paint a very good picture for the future, really. Like the David Attenborough one sort of talks around like 2040, 2050, 2060 and what will happen if we carry on as we are. And Seaspiracy talks about the fact that basically the oceans will be irreparably fucked by 2048 unless things change. And you sit there and go like, we have sons very, very similar ages who are going to be in their 30s when that kind of thing happened. And it's like, yeah, so for for people who are interested in that stuff, I definitely recommend it. For people who aren't, I still definitely recommend it because I, I'm pretty sure it's going to affect all of us in the long run. Soapbox down. My second thing is actually related to the kind of decision-making stuff that we spoke about earlier, which is I have been accepted onto a... Um, a sort of exclusive coaching mentorship program for like this podcast that I've basically become obsessed with over the last month or two. Um, and I'm very excited about it because it's essentially 10 people who are going to be collecting together um, on Zoom calls. There's sort of like coaching from a guy who has coached Olympians and Forbes 500, uh, Fortune 500 companies. And at the end of it, there's going to be like a retreat where we go away to this cabin somewhere and just do like whitewater rafting and things. And I'm very, very excited about that because it's, I think I've been, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but I've definitely said it to you a lot, is that um, I've been looking for some kind of like mentorship, some way to like invest in myself that helps me go to that next level. Um, and this is one of the steps that I'm taking to get there. So that's exciting. That is exciting. I <clears throat> hate whitewater rafting. Um, I did. They have at the old Olympics. So, you know, in 2012, we had the Olympics here and then they had like a... Um, I can't remember what it's bloody called something valley center anyway that was clear um <laughs> and i took chloe because she loves like water sports and things and we had these like boards they're like foam board thingies body board things and you yeah. like go through the rapids on them no oh, wow yeah like oh you're just yourself and this yeah. foam board that you like put your hands in like it makes you look like an arrow yeah, yeah, yeah um and then you go down these rapids uh i did one and i was like yeah fuck this i'm getting out of the water um That's which amazing. was a really expensive like 100 <laughs> quid that i spent to be in the water for like 10 seconds um but if you if you don't it was a very sharp reminder of how powerful water is because if mm -hmm. you are not if you panic it sucks you under and I panicked and I got sucked under and uh, I was like yeah no I'm, I'm getting out and the, the thing is I'm a really strong swimmer as well and and this is why I'm like water is so powerful and so dangerous yeah. even me who is a like swimming is one of my sports like I'm a really strong swimmer I'm not like fast or anything like this I just have a strong body to but swim swimming in like sense. just a still pool is a whole different experience. No, but even like on I've... the sea, like I, when we go abroad and stuff, I swim in the sea and things like this. But mm. I just, uh, I rapids are not for me. Fair. <laughs> you have fun, honey. 
<laughs> it is fun though. Chloe came out and she was like glowing from joy of like yeah. thrill and adrenaline. adrenaline. Yeah, she was like, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I was like, okay, <laughs> off you go. Bye bye. Now. I'm going to sit here with my book. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so that is super exciting. I, yes. I am genuinely like almost tingly with excitement for you because of what this might bring Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important that coaches get coached as well yes you know Mm -hmm. just like therapists have to go through therapy I think it's really important so yeah I'm like genuinely excited for you for this yeah it's gonna be fun okay so the thing that I have enjoyed I um didn't realize quite how much tv I've cut out of my life um but I really have not been watching tv like this year and obviously I've substituted that for books which is why I've read so many books this year um but Lee Bardugo's Six of Crows and Shadow of Bones series were merged into a Netflix series called Shadow and Bone it's got eight hour long-ish episodes and I pre-read Six of Crows in advance so that I could watch it because otherwise there would be spoilers. And if I watch a film before I read the book, I won't read mm-hmm. the book because yeah. I don't like rereading. Uh-huh. Um, and it was phenomenal on on so many levels there are a couple of really interesting things for me usually I do not like translations I think they're shit and they never do the book justice right um but in this instance I almost liked the show more than the book I know I have never ever once said that and I'll tell you the reason I think yes hello kitty (laughs) Um, I think she's tapping me for strokes. I think one of the reasons is that a couple of the actors were amazing and they embodied the characters so well. They they sparkled in a way that was almost better than how the characters were in the book. I mean, they were Mm -hmm. just they were the characters in the book, but on steroids. And I don't know if it was the actors like Jesper. I just loved Jesper in the show. Um, and the other thing that I was really, or that I really enjoyed is that they, so these two books, Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows, are um, set in the same world, but they have different characters and they're, they are at different times. So Shadow and Bone happens first, Six of Crows happens later. To merge those stories was so interesting and so fascinating structurally and the elements that they took out. So Six of Crow, Shadow and Bone was relatively, um, what's that, canonical? Canon? Relatively canon. Is that the word? Mm. You know, when they stick sure. to the, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> and the, But Six of Crows was the book that they changed the most, the storyline they changed the most. And it was very interesting to see what elements they kept and what elements they changed and how they merge those stories. And and I came away thinking about that in terms of series and world building and how you you um set more than one series in a world. I just I just found it fascinating and mm. it was a really fucking good show. And Chloe, who has not read any of the books, equally found it brilliant. So yeah. Nice. All right, weekly confessional. I have to get this up because I don't know what I was supposed to do. I was starting my marketing stuff for self-publishing blueprint launch which i've been doing i've put images together i have created lists of um people to contact and places to kind of start going out and formalizing a lot of things i've got all of the books 
on Ingram and all the different platforms. I'm just waiting for them all to populate. And then I can start hardcore just promoting that bad boy. Hell yeah. Was that it? Was that what you were supposed to do? Yes. Oh, don't switch you have mine there because Facebook's not loading. <laughs> uh, I closed Facebook. I'm pretty sure yours was um, finished editing the Psy Characters workbook. Yeah, I feel like there were two things though. One thing I will add as well that I didn't put into my um uh well the two two things actually. So one thing that I also enjoyed, I enjoyed a lot this week, was I ran a book club through my horror writers collaborative Facebook group. And we wrote uh, Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. And it was just really interesting. Number one, I'd never led a book group, a book club discussion before. And number two, the people were just fantastic. Like they were engaged, they were fun, like there were differences of opinions, but people rocked it. And yeah, that's a whole thing. And number two, I will quickly throw in there just a reminder that the Next Level Authors Level Up Challenge is still going. It's not too late to join in. You have until the end of June to commit and complete the thing that you said you want to do. And if you don't, you can eat a mouthful of cinnamon, motherfucker. <laughs> um, right, I've Sasha managed to get will it send open. Off your book to the CPs. Oh, yeah, I was going to say I've got it open now uh, using Chrome instead. So yeah, I will edit the side characters workbook and send the main book off to critique partners. I did both that of those by the skin of my teeth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will never again. <laughs> the fear on your face yesterday you're like i was literally done. like i'm, I'm, I'm gonna I, fail i know i was like i cannot fail i will not fail i, I, had... I was so excited like and now i'm tired for no fucking reason <laughs> like <laughs> all right weekly comments what were your comments from last week daniel son so the question was what have you learned from your recent work in progress and we had caitlin duncan who said i learned how to circumvent the dreaded drafting part of my process by pushing through a quick skeleton slash skinny draft before getting to the good stuff and i know you're a big proponent of that at the minute mm -hmm. uh, cj dainton says i'm twice the author i thought i was and half the editor <laughs> which i friggin love that like recognizing where their strengths are. And I did actually um, try and nudge in the, the comments today just to find out what that looks like because I'm really interested to know how you get to that sort of revelation. Um, Carrie put, I've learned that sometimes you have to change things up in order to get things to work. I outlined more like a skinny draft, back to skinny drafts, uh, four books in the series so far, but I got to book five, spent three weeks giving myself a headache and finally gave myself permission to pants it. It's so far working. I don't know how badly I'll have to edit yet, but words are being written. And I think that's sort of, that's quite key and fundamental to understand that even if you think you have a process, sometimes a book will just demand different from you and to recognize when you need to just give yourself permission to just try something different. Mm -hmm. So thank you for all the comments, guys. All right. <clears throat> Question of the week. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, dokie. Yeah, I know. That's what I was trying to encourage you to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so question of the week is, it's like a try question. How do you handle negativity, rejection, and bad reviews? Okay. I feel like, <laughs> well, I, I kind of have mixed... Um, feelings on this depending who it is so <laughs> and i'll explain <clears throat> so negativity mixed, uh, bad views and what was the third one rejection rejection mm -hmm. so i've never been rejected in my life so um one thing I've, i have noticed this week is uh i've just got self-publishing blueprint print back from the proofreader 
there's a real mental struggle when I get feedback back from like editors or proofreaders because immediately my body goes to what's my book what did I know like on such a weird visceral level that I don't understand about myself because <laughs> they're right to question it and like I'm a person who any feedback is good feedback in some way like whether I choose to accept it or not that's entirely up to me but Absolutely. actually being armed with that knowledge of okay this has been highlighted for someone means that it could be highlighted for someone else and it means that you know it challenges what I've put down and what I can then develop and make stronger um but I, yeah I found myself quite embarrassed when I'm like going through these it's just tiny comments like should this be this and me going no uh, otherwise I would have put that wouldn't I and then just going yeah it, it should be that actually. Um, <laughs> and it's really weird because that that feeling that feeling only lasts for like a few seconds but I think it's that um when it when it comes from a professional it's it comes from a real vulnerable level you understand that these are people who are practicing that profession and that they do have valid points and I think that when you're writing your book or when I'm writing my book I feel like a lot of what keeps me moving forward is I put up this armor of what I'm writing is good because if I drop that it then lets me fall into like self-doubt and slows me down and makes me like question the things I'm doing so I plow ahead and that's kind of like one of the ways that I get things done so quickly on that first draft um so when it comes to professionals I I have an initial moment of resistance and then I let myself think about it I let myself mull over that process and just go okay like is what they said valid enough on my because it has to be weighed either side and I think that's um a tough thing that people people get from editors or, or sometimes it's hard to understand is that editors while they do go through your book and they do highlight things ultimately it's your book so you can still decide what you do and don't take from an editor by all means take a lot of the advice because it is good advice but some people I've, I've had um people come back and say well the editors changed this and i don't think it's necessary and i'm like but it's your book so mm. is it necessary enough that you want to fight that battle is it necessary enough that like you can go back to your editor and say like here's what i was thinking with that does this need to be changing your opinion or seek a second opinion um when it comes to general negativity um i i tend to again i i armor myself as much as i can because i've spent a lot, i was actually talking to some people um, about this last night but i spent a lot of well, the last sort of half a decade coming to the, the realization that number one i can't fix everyone because i've always been a fixer i've always been that and i will find a solution and i will help you through the thing that you can do and also um the concept of claiming personal responsibility so i accept the fact that if someone's going through or someone is negative around me um whether they're sort of complaining about like their life or whatever it's something where i've had to understand that like it is their issue to deal with in like it, which sounds harsh and is contrary to like everything that i grew up knowing but it is their issue to deal with and i can do my part to kind of help in some way but ultimately i don't lose myself in that negativity as much as i used to um and i try and as well to surround myself with positive people where i can and people who are like getting things done and i've very very deliberately um what's the word prescribed to the you are the product of the five people you spend the most time with Mm. so i try and you know spend the most time with people who inspire me people who challenge me people who crack make a fucking me whip and tell you to get the fuck on with it sunshine <laughs> exactly like it, it's helpful and you know because of that attitude some friends have fallen by the wayside but like i'm on a path to like get better and that's that's what i want to do um i think it's it's inevitable the ne negativity will affect 
people anyway. And I do, I have down days. I have days that are harder, um, especially when it comes to, you know, we've, we've had it on this podcast with like the pandemic and everything else. But the, there are like three words that I heard. I can't remember where or when, but they just stuck with me for years. Um, so whenever I'm like feeling a bit shitty or like I'm reading, or I've got like that horrible feeling from reading a bad review that does pass, like the three what that's forward um this too shall pass and it's the whole notion of whatever you're in is temporary and like even if you're like having a shitty time even if you're like in about depression like there is light at the end of that tunnel and sometimes you've just got to like stick with it and then remember that you know you can't have the good times without the bad times mm. um so i know i come across well positivity is high on my strengths and i do I, I spend a lot of time um, forcedly looking at the positives. Uh, but yeah, I think negativity is inevitable. And then when it comes to good and bad reviews, I think the only way that ever affects me is if the negative reviews, number one, well, arguably every negative review is valid. Um, but it's for me, it's when the negatives outweigh the positives. Like if I've got as I was just ch checking this morning, I've got like 70 something reviews on uh, when winter comes um, and 80% of those, 85% of those are positive. And then there are some people that haven't enjoyed that book. I will sometimes look at the negative reviews and be like, okay, is there a sticking point that I can actually use to inform my work? Um, or is it just people who's, you know, it's just not their taste. And one thing that I've picked out of that um, over previous books that kept coming up as a thread that initially I ignored was that um, some of my books start off quite slow in terms of the world building and getting to you know meeting the characters and the action starting and when that pops up enough that's actionable I can change that I can do something with it mm. but I try not to spend time just dwelling on the oh I just really didn't like this book because that's not useful for me like I want to use as much uh, critical informed information to help me get better and so you learn what is and isn't useful in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think just just in general, it's it's definitely been a long journey for me of trying to balance that positivity with the negativity. And you know, I, I went to um, I've been to a couple of counselors over the past few years for different things. And one thing that I did learn from one of them was that I did use my positivity at one point as an armor, mm. and I. I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. It, it basically was to the point that um, I would then not allow myself to feel other emotions because I'd always be looking for that positive. And sometimes as a human, you do need to feel that connection. You do need to feel that low. Again, you can't feel the highs without the lows. And I become, I, I, I'm kind of, um, I'd argue that I'm pretty stoic in the sense of like life is inevitable. Like all, all the things that you go through are just, um, I don't know how best to explain it. I haven't really had like the time to formulate this thought process, but like I do prescribe quite strongly to stoicism, but at the same time, there is an element of now, for example, like when my rabbit died last year, I actually allowed myself once I buried her just to sit there for like 15 minutes and just feel, which I hadn't done before because I would have just gone, you know, she had an amazing life. and like, you know, it was her time and this, and then you just move on. Um, but yeah, just allowing yourself to sort of unlock and feel those different emotions and, because I always worry, I realise I'm going on with this one, but no, I always it's worry. Interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I always worry that I'm going to lose that positivity and plummet into depression. Because I've had like a couple of depressive episodes over the past like decade. Um, 
But in fighting to not have that, I was then denying like my humanity the chance to breathe. Mm. So yeah, I'll I'll leave it there. How about yourself? That's so interesting. I feel like I, I touched on something a little deep this week, mm. which I love. Um, so this is really interesting. That last thing, I use humour and sarcasm as a defence mechanism. And Yeah, yeah. No, so like, and like, also I tend to use like self-depreciating humour as a defence mechanism quite a lot as well. Uh, you know, I'm always... I don't really want to talk about it, but yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, like also because I don't like to feel certain things and I just refuse to feel those things. And um, yeah, so I definitely understand that. I, that is probably where a lot of my dark humor comes from. Um, on, on the positivity, I find this really interesting because lots of people don't think I'm positive and because I can like people so like Chloe's always like oh you're so negative and I'm like I'm not though and I think that I think there is a difference between positivity and optimism so I am incredibly optimistic yes and I think that comes from my self-assurance because like you know I will make a decision and then that is fucking it I know no matter what happens no matter what is put in my way I will do that thing um and and that is both optimism and self-assurance and it portrays itself as positivity and so I have some people who look at me and go oh my god you're like well positive blah 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 and then some people who who, who tend to see me on a day-to-day -day basis who are like oh my god like you're grumpy and negative again um and so yeah I definitely I don't think I'm a hugely positive person but I do think I'm a hugely optimistic person and I mm. use the optimism to create positivity around me and it, because I'm optimistic I often create positivity in other people as well because I give them the self-belief that I have and so um yeah it's an interesting one because I don't really even though I can be negative I don't really like negativity but I think it's that I don't like the pessimism you know and um, the mm. other thing is I I am also a fixer to the point where sometimes <laughs> when people come to me and they start moaning about a thing, I, you know, sometimes I have to go, do you want me to fix this for you? Because yes. otherwise I get really fucked off when I give people advice and then they don't listen to me. And that's nothing to do with me. That's up to them to, to listen or not. But because I've taken the time to give the advice, I'm like, if you're not going to listen, like, and then I won't give advice next time. But um, I have restorative, which is the fixing uh, strength at 12 so it's just outside my top 10 which is why it still uh, impacts me a lot I will if people are willing to experiment and try and try the things I will help you until like pigs fly over the moon this uh, is why but, your consultancy is great yeah yes exactly this is why I like consulting because you got a problem I'm gonna fix it for you I'll, I'll take an hour and I'll fix that problem and I'll give you a shitload of um you know resources and ways around it but I can't be a coach because I just can't stand people whining or being like oh I don't want to do this okay don't don't do it then <laughs> don't fucking ask me then do you know what Whereas I, mean? I will take the time to be like okay where does that come from 
yeah and no fuck that I don't care where it comes from fix the fucking problem or don't it's not my issue <laughs> like this is why I am a consultant and you are a coach <laughs> um, yeah so like, I I am I am and and it comes because there are some members of my family who are a bit like this they complain and complain and complain and mm. and then they are not willing to do anything to resolve this situation and it just pushes my buttons because That's I'm amazing, like yeah. I will listen to anybody complain about anything as long as you're going to do something about it. Um, and, and, and that does come because I'm such an action driven, like fixer orientated person. Um, but yeah, so that is, <clears throat> that is the negativity and well, I can't even remember what the thing was. Um, negativity reviews and rejection so the other thing rejection. is the, the other the other thing that happens is i am quite i quite like a different type of negativity so there is one type of negativity that i really like and that's when somebody tells me i can't do something because <laughs> i'm like you fucking watch me now bitch what's that gif with like the little cartoon guy is it from like bob's burgers where it's like fire in the background it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um i i like i am not trying to advertise the fact that this is a way to get me to do something <laughs> but it really fucking is mm -hmm. a minute like and i know you've done it to me and it really annoys me because like oh i try so hard not to do then the thing that i know that you're making me do by telling me that i can't do it but i just can't the trick is to like sound really genuine as if like yeah. i'm concerned about you and you can't yeah. do it. if i just say like oh you can't do it it's nothing yeah. but if i'm like no. no no sasha i'm really worried about you you can't do this you're yeah. like well fucking move out of the way yeah, yeah. <laughs> see ya as i like clear the path and <laughs> chug it all my way through but yeah so like unfortunately reverse psychology really does work on me and it is the rebel thing it is because somebody's telling me i can't so i absolutely must do it and it is just because i have to i cannot abide people saying i can't do shit um so yeah and then in terms of negative reviews it's really it's really interesting because I don't always give a shit about the negative reviews. It's sometimes where, and I've, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before, people will do a really personal attack yeah. um, that I find difficult. And they do, they do have an impact on me. But for the most part, I do read all my reviews and um, like positive or negative. Um, oh, hello, throat. That was throaty. Um, <laughs> There's that frog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... I one thing I really want to do with the negative reviews is use them in advertising and I just yes. haven't quite plucked up the confidence yet I've got a few that are like ah this book would have been amazing if it weren't for the swearing and I'm like I want to use that because like <laughs> that will really appeal to some people um but I haven't quite got up the balls to do it yet yeah I mean I don't really I don't really pay much attention like when when the one stars come in doesn't really make a difference one thing that happened to me recently is that i was a victim of an attack on goodreads um somebody else was being attacked and i think because i was associated to that person uh, some of my books got attacked and there were just like strings of one star reviews and then there were weirdly strings of five star reviews that like i don't i don't really understand you know from a load of accounts that were like brand new that had read like five other books and stuff mm. and i stewed and stewed and stewed i didn't know whether or not to like say something make a comment because obviously I was like really worried about what the impact of that yeah. would be what if people thought something bad about me because of I've seen authors destroyed with that yeah this is what I mean and I and where I got to was um that I would turn it into a positive 
um, and I wrote out a load of like a post about how to deal with reviews, how to get reviews, how to deal with like a tax on reviews. And, and then I was going to encourage people to leave reviews on my um, books, like honest, genuine reviews. Uh, and I just haven't got around to posting it. There's like, I need to write like another thousand words in, in the back end of it. I've got like the structure of the post and I just haven't done it. And now the time has passed and I kind of feel less angry about the situation. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I try to, if something shit happens, I try to use it uh, in a, in a positive way. So like that thing, I will eventually post out this massive post and that means I'll have used it in a positive way when things happen that are negative I'm like well what can I take out of this situation what can I learn from this situation how can I make sure this doesn't happen again but that is the optimism and and so yeah I just think it's interesting to draw the that line between optimism and uh, positivity and like negativity and pessimism yeah. so yeah yeah I do want to um, just add one thing on that because you kind of um I don't know triggered by some of the stuff you said one one really useful uh, resource that i found was i attended there was um at the place i used to work they had a guy come in um, and there's a book called the art of being brilliant and they did like a mini like course Andy. on that Andy yes I, i've read it yeah. it's amazing it's awesome um but one of the biggest principles i took out of that was uh, well there's not there are three types of people there are the one percent there's obviously the people in the middle and then there's like mood hoovers and it's the mood hoovers that really, really got me because when they were talking about mood hoovers, they basically said that mood hoovers are the people who, let's use the office example, uh, walk around the office and the minute they start talking to you, you just feel drained because it's negative this, it's negative that. Like it's never positive. No matter what you say, there's always something to complain about. Mm -hmm. And from that, I've cut dozens of mood hoovers from my life because you just get to a point where you're like, I like you as a person. I don't like spending any time with you <laughs> <laughs> because you don't, you don't, in any way like enhance my day and that feels really really crass but like there are those people that just moan and moan and no matter what you say like when you say them the people that are just self-defeating and they don't want to be fixed because they just they they have their wall of excuses mm -hmm. you yeah I, I just can't put myself around those people but it is a very very good book um just to kind of because it teaches it's not a, it's not a case of forcing yourself to be the perfect positive person it's a case of capitalizing on the positivity and just changing how you view certain things so you're aware of how you're affecting others around yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like I said, I am not positive every single day. Like some days we get on sprints like yesterday and like, I'm like, I have to excuse myself and leave because I was in such a bad mood. Turns out I was hangry yesterday, but yeah. that, <laughs> that wasn't the point. Literally, literally, I oh took food so in funny. my mouth and like three minutes later, I was like, hi. Like Jekyll and freaking Hyde like went into a sprint with this thundercloud and came out of a ray of sunshine I was like what happened I had a Snickers bar yeah. <laughs> oh my god it was so funny I was so I was like poisonous yesterday mm -hmm. morning and then I was like I'm just gonna break fast and eat and then like surprise surprise I was fine uh yeah anyway good question Cool. I'm glad you liked it. Also, mm. oh, just on the art of being brilliant, I recommend the audiobook because they narrate, or one of them narrates it, and he's really funny. So, yeah. yes. Uh, how? Oh no! Quite, oh no! We done question of the week. <laughs> how are we leveling <laughs> up our business this week? I um. I am going to work on the audiobook. That's it. Full stop. I I have a lot of reading to do this week. 
I'm just trying to choose what I can commit to. <laughs> I try to read three books a week at the moment. Yes, you're fucking insane. I'm very sweary on this episode. I'm sorry for anyone. No, um, I haven't done it this week though. Oh wait, no, no, we haven't finished the week. Yeah, I might still do it. I actually don't know how many books I've read. I yeah need to start doing final edits to the other to the the, the omens call anthology and uh contacting all of the people who didn't make it and that's where i'm gonna go that is not reading <laughs> what happened there <laughs> well no it is reading because i have to go through the stories and like sort of edits and stuff oh uh, okay so what was that again so i'm gonna oh, i don't know how to word it I'll word it in Slack. written form. Cool. So it'll be on the thing. Mm. All right. So audience question of the week. How do you handle negativity, rejection and bad reviews? And that's it. We'll see it? you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become next level authors. <laughs> Did you get those clicks? <laughs> <laughs> I still cannot fathom I why I did was. that, where that came from. Just also why it doesn't hurt, but it seems to hurt other people. Can you do this? <laughs> you can't do it either. That's mm. so weird. So I thought every. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So I thought Chloe was just a fruit leaf. Apparently not everybody can do it. Okay, and it's a TikTok. Yeah, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> look, I can like put my finger like over. Do you know what like is really fucking annoying? Is the fact that now that you've done that, I'm gonna spend the next four weeks <laughs> working on it. You go, bro. <laughs> You can't even touch them. So, okay. So just to explain this randomness, I, um, we, it was a TikTok and Chloe was like, can you do this? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, what? And she's like, eh, like trying to get it, get her fingers to touch. And I'm like, what you on about? Everybody can do this. She's like, no, no, they can't. She's, she definitely couldn't. So it looks like you can't like this. It's so funny. I'm so close as well. That's torturous. I mean, you're really not like, is that really the closest you can get? I don't understand. That's so weird. Just, <laughs> like, look, I can even oh. get my index fingers over there, like without. Yeah, even. not everyone is born with malleable claws. <laughs> Some of us don't have flexible talons. I am super, I am super. <laughs> <laughs> I am 
super flexible. This is the truth. I then like text there's, No, there's a difference between being flexible and having spaghetti fingers. No, like I text my neighbours and, and they were like, you're weird. And I'm like, no, wait, let me explain. Here, here's a TikTok. And uh, so they, they, and they could both do it. And I was like, see, Chloe, see, you're just a weirdo. And then like, everything got a bit uh, excessive and I was then sending pictures of like me touching my ear to my head and like oh, stuff and, like it was just a bit much and then like they that was one. yeah that's easy what do you, do you guys again what did you so what do you mean like that so, no yeah that's not hard Well, I don't understand. Your little way. finger's delaying. Yeah, because I'm trying to watch you and I'm watching myself and I'm all confused. Just that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can do that too. 